So this morning I'm going to be diving into a sermon that I uh, preached on student camp this year. Who was on student camp this year? Okay, a lot of you. <laughs> okay, hopefully this will be something helpful for you this morning. It's been a bit tweaked and so on. So um, yeah, it's something uh, you'll see as we get into it where it goes. But it's part of, it was part of a six-part um, sermon series called, entitled What is the Gospel? So it's just one of those uh, parts in that. And it's all on, online if you want to go listen to those sermons that were delivered on the, on the student camp. So here's the first question. Uh, we, we say the word gospel. If you've been around church a while, if you have been around Christianity a while, you would have heard the word the gospel many, many times, I can imagine, in different ways, used in different forms, and so on and so on. And so I want to ask you the question, what's the first thing that jumps to mind when you hear the word the gospel? Anyone? First thing that jumps to mind? Yes, me. Okay, free gift. Thank you. <laughs> there we go. We can all go home. Okay, Jesus. Okay, anything else? Good news. Good news. Great. Anything else that jumps to mind? First thing. Truth. Okay. Awesome. So for each of us, there's going to be a, a, one or two things probably that jump to mind immediately as we hear the word the gospel. And uh, it's good to think uh, like that because the gospel is incredible because it's really simple but it's also really profound and complex. And so it's just kind of like, it's a bit of an oxymoron, but it's so incredible, the gospel, that it is so simple, yet it is so profound and complex. And so we can spend the entire of our lives mining the depths and the, the breadth of the gospel, and we'll never fully discover its incredible beauty. It really is like a multifaceted diamond, which you can look at from every different angle and just see the incredible goodness and grace of God through it. Um, in all of our lives. It's almost like it's, it's comprehensible, yet, yet it's almost too incredible to grasp. It's, it's so deep and so wide, yet it's right before us. Um, and so the gospel is just beautiful in all, uh, in all aspects. Um, and so what is the gospel? Well, it's incredibly good news. That would be the definition of the word gospel, really good news. And what is that news? It's that we can be reconciled or restored or brought back to God forever. And so that's a very, very, very simple <laughs> definition. And yet it is so much richer and deeper and more than that. And so I wanted to start with that this morning because I'm going to be looking at one small aspect of the gospel. It's incredibly important, but yet it is just one part um, of the gospel. And that is, as you'll see in my title, that the gospel is a free gift. It's been particularly profound in my life, this revelation, because of a bit of my upbringing and so on. And I imagine probably in many of our lives, this has been some, or will be some of our struggle. We probably, I would guess, a lot of us tend towards wanting to be really moralistic and wanting to follow rules and wanting to uh, kind of be quite legalistic. I would guess most of us fall off the horse um, in that direction. And so this uh, sermon is incredibly helpful in that regard. Um, it's also an aspect of the gospel that any genuine inquirer into the gospel, so if you're not a Christ follower here this morning and you're inquiring the gospel, you, you're going to have to grapple with this at some point. You're going to have to get that, that the gospel is a free gift because it's what defines or, or um, makes Christianity different from every other religion. No other religion offers what, the, what Christianity offers in the free gift of the gospel. And you'll see why as I unpack it a bit more. This morning. So if you are an inquirer, this is a good uh, session to be in, and I really hope it's helpful for you uh, this morning. 
And so just as we go into it, I was, uh, it was our little boy Sammy's fourth birthday party yesterday, and so he got a whole bunch of gifts and stuff, and it was great. And his favorite little one at this point is his little um, Blaze and the Monster Machines truck. I don't know if any of you know Blaze. Anyway, it's a little truck, and he loves that, and he's playing with it. Uh, but the funny thing is with kids, and you'll know if you have them, is that they're amped on like, their toys for maybe a week, if you're lucky. And they might revisit it a few years down the line, but... The point is that it's an awesome gift, and he's like so stoked when he got that thing, he was beaming, you know, and it was like the greatest gift, uh, but it wears off, and the gift I'm going to be talking about this morning is the greatest gift we could ever receive, and it never wears off, and it never fades, and we never put it away in a box to get dusty. And so here's a quick question. Who in the room has, uh, has worked to earn a wage or to uh, get a salary or something like that? Anybody here? worked to earn a salary or get a wage. Okay, so many of us, if not all of us. And so here's my question to you. If you did this work, say you were mowing the lawn for your dad, or you were uh, doing accounting, whatever it is, and uh, at the end of the month or at the end of your chore, uh, your employer turns to you and says, sorry, I'm not going to pay you, how would you feel? And maybe some of you experienced that, <laughs> so it's maybe a bit close and personal. But you'd be upset, right? You'd be really upset. And why would you be upset? Because, well, you deserve the wage. You've earned it. You deserve it. It's yours to be had. And so on the other side this morning, who here has received a gift? I hope all of us have received a gift of some form on our birthday or at some point in our lives. And if we received a gift, how does it make you feel when you've received a gift? Yeah, special, excited, cared for, thought about, and all these things, especially if it's a great gift, especially the one you've been waiting for, and you're like, you haven't actually told anyone, or maybe you've told one person, hoping they'd give it, you know? It's kind of like, it was my 30th birthday a while ago, and I got a hands-free drill, like a, you know, a non-cordless drill, and it was like the most stoked ever. I've been wanting one for so long. Yo, it was amazing. Anyway, that's me, huh? Um, and so the reason we feel so excited when we get a free gift, especially from someone we love, is because we know they've cared for us, they've thought about us, and they've given it to us expecting nothing in return. It's been given to us free of charge. And so what's the difference then between a wage and a gift? One is deserved, the other is undeserved. One is worked for and earned, the other one is completely free. One is, is because of the hard work of the receiver, the other one is because of the love of the giver. And so there's this wonderful contrast that we can see between something that's earned and something that's free. And so I want to do a quick illustration this morning. The setup team didn't leave that ladder out there by mistake. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank you, Stefan, for <laughs> put it, attempting to put it away and me saying no. So we're going to use that in a moment. Can I um, ask a question? Well, let, me, let me start here. What is that ladder? It's the goodness ladder. Okay, so that's the goodness ladder. At the top of the goodness ladder, in fact, it's infinitely long, this ladder. All you can see is this part. It goes through the wall, just keeps on going for infinity. And the goodness ladder, at the top of the goodness ladder is God. Okay? And, um, yeah, it keeps going. So our illustration, every illustration breaks down at some point. I don't have an infinitely long ladder. So that's what we're going to use this morning. Hopefully it stays up there and doesn't fall down. Um, it's out of the way of the, of the video footage, so... We will not be held liable should someone get injured. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. For those of student camp, it was okay. Eh? No one died. Okay, we made it through. Okay, so here's the question. Who's at the top of the ladder? We said God, right? And how do we get to the top of the ladder? Climate. Okay. 
And we climb it by doing good works, doing good things, and not doing bad things. That's how we get to the top of the goodness ladder, right? Doing good things, not doing bad things. So who, who do you think is the highest up on that ladder in this room? Do I have any nominations? Highest on the goodness ladder in this room? Oli, yeah. okay. Yeah, who else? No, what? okay, no one, okay. I nominate Neil. Neil, I think you're at the top. Come, Neil. Come, you're my volunteer for this morning. Thanks, Neil. Okay, so you can go stand at the bottom of the ladder there, please, Neil. I'm going to walk over there for the sake of the video. Okay, at the bottom here. Okay, so this is Neil. He's at the bottom of the goodness ladder. And uh, he, his quest is to get to the top of the goodness ladder, right? And um, so what Neil does is he starts out on his quest, and um, he, uh, he stops going to the bars and getting drunk. So he climbs up one step. Uh, that's a good thing. He, uh, he then starts helping out at our Serve Saturday. Can you hear me? That's fine. It'll be fine. We tested it. Don't worry. <laughs> he then starts helping out at Serve Saturday um, with um, the Youth Outreach guys, so he climbs another rung. And then he, can you believe it, he prays three times a day for five days in a row, so he climbs definitely another rung. Uh, and he's doing really well. He's pretty stoked. You can see he's quite chuffed uh, with himself. Uh, but then one day, he's walking down the road, and um, just innocently, and uh, a man on his bicycle smashes into his leg by mistake. And uh, Neil gets up, he dusts it off, it's really sore, and he's, he's upset, but he says, no, no, that's okay, but it's really not okay. And his head, he's cursing this man, he's wishing all sorts of evil upon him, and so he sins, and he falls down to the bottom of the ladder. You know, you got to fall, bro. Okay, here we go. He falls down to the bottom, and now he's at the bottom again. And... Um, and he's pretty disappointed, he's quite upset, a little bit depressed in fact, but he goes to bed that night and then he wakes up the next morning determined to get to the top of the ladder again. He dusts himself off, like no, he's going to start his quest again, and so he, uh, but he's going, to up his, he's going to up it now, he's going to up the level because he wants to get up that ladder. So what he does is he decides to take some food to the local prison to go feed the prisoners, so he climbs at least two rungs for that. He then goes to church for four Sundays in a row. So he climbs, uh, you can have one rung for that. Um, and then he tithes, can you believe it, 10% of his income to the church. So he climbs another rung. And then he stops swearing altogether, which was one of his pet problems. Climbs another rung. And he's really, really doing well. But then Neil, one night in his flat, scrolling through uh, social media, stumbles upon a link, and then another link, and then another link, and gazes upon images he wish he hadn't seen. And some thoughts come into his mind that are not wholesome, and he sins, and he falls all the way back down to the bottom of the ladder. Make it dramatic, bro. Fall down. <laughs> and so the reason he falls down every time is because James 2 verse 10 tells us that whoever keeps the whole law but stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking it all. And so he falls all the way down. And um, he now realizes that just one wrongdoing nullifies all his good works. All his good works are brought to nothing with just one misstep, one sin. And so we've got a hopeless case here for Neil. How can you ever get to God? How can you ever get to the top of that ladder, bro? I think it's impossible. Eh? So he cries out to God for help, and he goes to his bookshelf. You can walk to your bookshelf there on the wall. And uh, pages through the books, and he finds this old Bible from his granny. It's a little bit dusty. He hasn't read it, perhaps, ever. And he opens it up and he starts to read. And he has this epiphany, Neil does, 
as he's reading, comes to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 9, and it says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not by works so that no one may boast. And he has this epiphany, he's got it all wrong. He's got it the wrong way around. It's not about him getting up to the top of the ladder, but God has come down the ladder. He's dead in his sin. Cannot climb up. God has come down. It's none of his efforts that are going to get him to the top of the goodness ladder. God has come down. We don't earn God or salvation. It's freely given to us. And so how this really works and how the gospel really works is that God comes down all the way down the ladder. I'm going to play God in this moment. <laughs> comes all the way down the ladder and he picks up Neil on his back in the fireman lift like this. And he climbs up the ladder all the way, all the way. to the top. To the top. <laughs> I went down. <laughs> Thanks, Neil. Give Neil a clap. Thanks, bro. <laughs> so free. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whew, we made it. And so the reason I do that illustration is because I have personally found that incredibly helpful in my understanding of the free gift of God that's given to us in Christ to be saved, to be reconciled to God, to come back to Him. We are dead in our sin, and He comes and He rescues us through the cross of Jesus. In fact, this was me. I was Neil growing up. I was a, brought up in a Roman Catholic church, and uh, although I'm sure it, uh, they, the guys didn't intend it, the message I got was, you need a work to get to God. You need to be sure you pray and ask for forgiveness enough because if he comes and you haven't asked for forgiveness, there's trouble. <laughs> and I'm sure the guys didn't intend it, but this is the message that I got. I need to work to earn God's favor, to earn his love, to get back to him. And it's a hopeless case. And so this is the true gospel. The true gospel, and, and Paul mentioned it a few weeks ago, is this, is that we lost it all. Neil is at the bottom of that ladder. He is dead in his sins and his transgressions. Dead people don't climb ladders. Dead people lie down. They can't do much. We are dead. We lost it all. But Jesus did it all. He came all the way down that ladder and died. He came incarnate, died on the cross for us and rose again so that we can get it all. We get it all. We get all of him. Not just a little bit, but all of him because of what he's done for us. So we lost it all. He did it all. We get it all. This is incredibly profound if you just ponder upon those three points for a little bit. And so what is the false Christian gospel? Or what does pretty much most of the main religions teach? They, they uh, teach this, and Paul also mentioned a few weeks ago, is that we lost a lot. And so if we only lost a lot, then we have some goodness in us. And that means, like Neil, we can climb up that ladder a little bit. The problem is that you know yourselves, and I know myself, is that if I just, if I just uh, uh, do a little bit of introspection, I realize that there's not much good in me at all. <laughs> at all. And the trouble with this thing is that if we only lost a lot, then we get some of the glory because we've done some of it. So if we can get to God and we can do some of it, we get some of the glory and we don't get the glory. God gets the glory. He's the only one who's deserving of any glory. And so we didn't lose a lot. We lost it all. And then the second false belief is that he did a lot. 
And if you investigate this a little bit further, it breaks down right at its first point. But the point is, he didn't do a lot, he did it all. It's famously said, the only thing we bring to the table of our salvation is the sin that made it necessary. And then the worst point of all of this, of the false gospel, is that we only get a lot. Because if we don't get all of God when we are saved or when we come to Him or when we are made right, and we don't get all of Him, then we are, it's a slave driver because then we are consistently trying to work or do something to please Him to get that little bit extra that we didn't get. And yes, it's a slave driver that will kill you if you live like that for the rest of your life. And I did live like that. I tried to do that before I came to Christ and to know his gracious gift in the gospel. And it killed me. I was so tired trying to fill this gap on the inside and working and trying to please and achieve. And it gets us nowhere in the end. In fact, it's a cruel slave driver trying to earn that little bit that we feel like God hasn't given us. He's given us all of himself in the gospel. And so maybe you came to Jesus or to the gospel in a way that was unhelpful. Maybe it was even taught this way. Maybe, hopefully not, it wasn't, but maybe it was subconsciously understood. But maybe somebody said to you, well, to come to God, you just need to kind of tidy up your act a little bit. Um, You know, read your Bible all the time, pray. These are not bad things. Uh, but they're not what cause our salvation or lead us to come to God. Maybe they said, you know, just stop smoking, stop swearing. Uh, In other words, change your behavior, and then you can come and believe. That's not the gospel. And I know subtly that's what I was taught. I need to rectify my behavior in order that I can come and believe in God and be one of his children. And that's the false gospel. The gospel is a free offer of saving grace to all filthy sinners. As Paul said, of which I am the utmost. And so you come as you are to God. You come as you are to the gospel of Jesus Christ and you receive it as a free gift from him. And so for the next uh, few minutes, maybe 15 minutes, I want to look at four questions that it relate to the free gift of the gospel. And we're going to run through them one by one. Hopefully we won't be too long, but these are incredibly helpful in navigating this aspect of the gospel. And so the first one is, how do we receive the gift? How do we receive this free gift of the gospel? Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9, which Neil discovered on his journey this morning, says this, For it's by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And so we receive this free gift from God by grace through faith. That concept in and of itself is something we need to wrestle around and think about. By grace through faith. But what it's saying is it's His work towards us. That saved us. We, we simply put our trust or our faith in the one who gives us the free gift. And the incredible thing about putting our trust or faith in the one who gives the free gift is he's the one who even gives us the faith in order to be able to respond to him and receive the free gift of grace which he gives us so that we can become his followers and his children. The only act that we perform in this is repentance from sin. What is repentance? I was walking this way. I repent. Turn the other way, and I walk to Jesus. Turn away from that life, 
walk to him. And so in this illustration, what it would have been is Neil standing this way, looking at his sin, turning around and seeing Jesus coming to him and just clinging on, just clinging on to him. And so it doesn't, it's not performance or work or earning because if it was, we get some of the glory. In fact, God is so kind to even grace us with the faith to respond to him. What is faith? Trust. Trust is another way to express faith. Trust in God in this instance. Leaving our sin behind, turning to him. Leaving our old life behind, turning to him. Leaving everything that we hold on to so dearly behind and turning to him. And so that's how we receive this free gift, by grace, through faith, by God's grace towards us, through the faith which he gives us to respond to him. And so when do we receive this free gift? And this has a few nuances to it. We're going to have a look at it um, in a bit more detail. But before we do, this free gift is often called the great exchange, the great exchange. And I thought of a really disgusting uh, illustration to share, but I must share it because it's so, tr- it's so true of how the great exchange works. What we bring to God and then what we get from Him, this incredible free gift. It's like, if you think of the most wealthy family that you know, or perhaps in South Africa, let's, let's say the Rupert family, right? They've got a lot of money and a lot of stuff. And we come to the dad, I think it's Anton, whoever he is, and uh, we, come to him, uh, we come to Anton, this is the gross part, and we say, Anton, here's a bucket full of my vomit. And he's like, awesome. Here's my entire estate. Everything is yours. <laughs> and so that's kind of like what we bring to God, just our sin, like the, the, the worst. And he gives us all of himself and everything that he has. It's incredible. It's absolutely, it's so, but it's much, much more than that. That's a silly example. And this is the great exchange, the free gift that we get to give, receive from God. And he gives it to us. It's incredible if we will receive it. And so when does this exchange happen? When do we receive this free gift? And I can imagine um, this morning that you're probably thinking of quite a few people, um, maybe some people who've kind of backslidden from the faith, right? They, they were f- followers of Jesus. They've kind of just started going their own way, and, and to you it doesn't seem that they follow uh, Jesus anymore. Or perhaps someone's even explicitly said, no, 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 I don't follow God anymore. I'm done. I don't believe in this God. Maybe there's some people some people you know like that, or um, someone who's, who's prayed the sinner's prayer, right, or the salvation prayer, but it's a few years down the line and nothing seems to have changed. In fact, they've just got wilder. And so the question in those instances, and, and maybe some people come to mind, is how on earth did that happen? <laughs> how did that happen? What, what happened then? And and I think this, the answer to this question, when do we receive the gift of salvation, is helpful in answering that question. What happened in those instances where it seems like someone has gone the other way? So is it just about praying a prayer, then it's all ours? Is coming to God and receiving salvation just about praying this prayer, this magical prayer, and then it's all ours? <coughs> oh, excuse me, sorry. Well, um... We all know this, is that our motives are quite mixed, and we do things for many different reasons, right? So someone could come and pray this prayer with all sorts of motives, and we're not going to judge those motives, but the point is we do come with all sorts of reasons and motives when we do anything. And so perhaps many have prayed this salvation prayer out of, out of fear, 
fear of needing to be accepted or out of some other motive to kind of earn someone's favor or to be accepted or to feel, you know, wanted or whatever it is. And, and um, maybe even the thing is, you know, and it's, and it's been preached this way, is I don't want to go to hell, so I'm going to respond because it's like a fire insurance thing, you know? Maybe that's the motive of, of praying this prayer. Or I'll be accepted by my family. I'll be welcomed in because I'm the only one who's not. I'm the black sheep, you know? And if I just pray this prayer, then they'll welcome me and they'll love me. Or, or maybe it's, you know, if I pray this prayer, then I'm going to get support of the church. And they're going to help me and they're going to fund me. And so it's kind of this like spiritual business deal, you know? And so there's so many different motives for which we can pray this prayer. And some of them are really legitimate motives. But are they sufficient? Are they sufficient? And I think Romans 10 will help us answer that question. Do those motives lead to receiving the gift of salvation that God has offered us? Here we go. Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. Have we got that? Here we go. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And so what is required for, for salvation from the Scripture? Declaration with the mouth and belief in the heart. But they cannot be detached from one another. We need to have both together. Declaration with the mouth and belief in the heart. And so if we understand that, we can see that a simple prayer, which is a declaration of the mouth, doesn't necessarily lead to the receiving of the gift of salvation or eternal life. Here's a really helpful quote. I can't remember who quoted it, but I want to read it to us. It says this, and listen carefully here. I found it very helpful. A prayer might express your desire for the swap, for the great exchange, for salvation. But just like a wedding ceremony, the prayer itself doesn't create love. It must be the expression of a love that already exists. Just like a wedding ceremony, the prayer itself doesn't create love. It must be the expression of a love that already exists. And so the sinner's prayer or the prayer of salvation is an affirmation of what has already gone on in the heart of somebody. It doesn't cause salvation, it affirms salvation, but it is necessary in the process of coming to God. Genuine faith leads to genuine confession. I remember when I started following Jesus uh, uh, 14 years ago. In fact, I came to faith just up the road here at the Kutzenberg um, Center there. Uh, God was already drawing me long before I came to faith. I remember, it's just an odd story, but I was in my folks' home where we stayed in Rondebosch in um, Cape Town, and I was uh, in their bar area actually looking for some alcohol <laughs> to uh, use as a youngster, and uh, I found this CD, a blank CD, um, in their bar, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I want to listen to some music. Put it into my CD player and played it, and it said on there, Telecast. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Christian band Telecast. Any of you heard of them? 
No, neither had I, and neither had anyone that I know. <laughs> but yet the CD was there. <laughs> and so I started listening to the CD, and the craziest thing, memorized the songs because they were catchy and they were well-written. And so even in that, God had used this thing to start preaching the gospel to me before I even knew what was going on. And I could literally sing song by song, and I could tell you every single lyric. And I only realized that post coming to Jesus and becoming a follower of him and reflecting, I was like, oh my word, but I've heard some of this stuff before. And he had used, so he'd been drawing me in many different ways. I know definitely through the prayers of my grandparents who loved him and followed him for years, he'd been drawing me closer and closer. He'd been warming a love in my heart for him without me even knowing about it. He gave me the faith and he gives you the faith to respond to him when he calls and say yes and receive his gift of salvation. And so next question, what will start to happen when you receive this gift? What will start to happen? And so I'm sure we can think of people as well who said, yeah, I'm a Christ follower, but their lives do not look like what they profess. And so when you become a Christ follower and God is in you, the Holy Spirit is in you, stuff has to change, right? God is God. If he's around, things don't stay the same, surely. And so, so, so um, what happens when we receive this free gift? At the end of Ephesians 2 there it says, For we are God's handiwork, Ephesians 2, uh, sorry, verse 8 to 10. Um, it says this at the end part there, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so what will start to happen when we, uh, when we become followers of Jesus is our desires will slowly start to change to become his desires. Slowly over time, we desire to do God's will and be obedient to Him. We start living differently, but not because we want to please God, but because we love Him and He loves us, and that's the appropriate love response to Him. Not because we're trying to earn anything from Him, but because we know what He's given us. And so your life will start to look more and more like Jesus over time as you start to follow Him, and that's evidence, that's fruit or what you call fruit of the Spirit, will start to be evidenced in our lives as we start to follow Him. And here we read the of the fruit in Galatians 5, verse 22 and verse 23. But as the fruit of the Spirit is this, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And so the evidence of us genuinely coming to Christ is that our lives start to change. And not because of our grit and our I'm going to do it differently, but it's almost like, it's almost like I, maybe a way I can explain it is when you reflect after a year of your life, you're like, wow, stuff has changed as you followed God. And so as I've shared all these things, this is not so that you would doubt whether you have received this gift of salvation. It's not so that you would doubt whether you're a genuine follower of God. If you've repented of your sin, believed in your heart that Christ was raised from the dead, confessed this belief with your mouth then you are saved. That's what the Scriptures say. So this is not to create doubt. It's to help us know and understand this incredible free gift that He gives us. And just to say this last thing on this point is that God is patient. We change slowly over time. Especially if you're a little bit older when you came to faith, there's a lot of ingrained behaviors and beliefs and stuff that slowly God works out over time in us. And it's a beautiful process. I remember sharing just the other night where um, 
at our high school ministry, which happens on Friday evenings, by the way. And uh, I was just sharing um, about, I think, yeah, after I came to follow Jesus, I was in grade 10. And my brother gave me a little thing on how to read the Bible, and he kind of showed me a little bit. So I started to read. Uh, but I didn't really have anyone else to guide me in the process uh, of following Jesus. And so I was still going out, having lots of drinks, like doing the whole story, the life that I knew. And then, but with no conviction of sin, I was like, okay. Uh, and then as I read the, read the Bible, I remember like God specifically being like, no, 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 that's not okay. That's not in line with what I wanted. Like all sorts of different things just coming to light. I was like, oh wait, that's actually not okay to go and get smashed on the weekend, you know. And there's a whole bunch of stuff like that that just came to light through the scriptures and the conviction of God on my life. And so he works slowly. And when I reflected on that, I was like, wow, a lot of behaviors changed in my life because I saw who God is. He revealed himself to me, and he showed me what the fruit of following him looks like. And uh, slowly over time, things changed, and, and God's gracious. He works with us over time. Last question I want us to answer before we close this morning uh, is this one. Why do, would we receive this free gift? What is the purpose of receiving the free gift of God given to us in the gospel? What is the purpose? And this is critical. This little verse in 1 Peter helps us so much in this. It says this, For Christ also suffered once for sin, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. There's the kicker. To bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. And so the primary purpose, the reason, the end goal of the gospel of Jesus Christ is to bring us to God, to reconcile us, to join us back to God forever. That is the primary end of the gospel. And so the other things we receive in the gospel, righteousness, forgiveness, healing, freedom, these are all just ways to get us to the goal, to the end point. They are means that God uses graciously to get us back to him, to restore us to him. He's so kind in that way. And so it's kind of like a bridge. I wanted to do another illustration, but I think that's sufficient. But it's kind of like a bridge. And we're on this side. And there's a, just a river, torrent of water flowing here. And God's on the other side. And this bridge helps us to get across to God. And so righteousness, forgiveness, healing, redemption, that's like the bridge. But the means and the purpose of the bridge is to get us over this river of sin and guilt and shame to God. That is the purpose of those things. The end goal of the gospel is to get us, to bring us to God, as 1 Peter so beautifully puts it. And so I remember fondly this moment in my life, April 2005, I heard the gospel preached clearly, as far as I could discern for the first time, and I responded to it here in that Kutzenberg Center, as I said, confessed with my mouth that evening that Jesus is Lord. Didn't get it all. To be honest, I can't even remember what the guy preached about. I just know that he preached the gospel. Didn't get it all, didn't understand it all, but I knew God had my number. I confessed that evening that Jesus is Lord. I believed deeply in my heart that he raised Jesus from the dead and I was saved. That very evening, that very moment, became a follower of Jesus. I received this free gift of salvation. I've just been discovering over time how incredibly good 
that gift is. And it's offered to every single one of us in the room. In fact, it's offered to every single person you walk by on the street. The question is, will we repent and receive it, or won't we? Will we repent and receive it, or won't we? And so can I ask us to stand this morning as we just respond to this message? I specifically felt this morning, we can close our eyes, uh, specifically felt this morning linked to this, this illustration of the ladder and trying to kind of work to earn God's love. Uh, I specifically felt this morning that some of us have subconsciously bought into that slave driver, into that lie that we need to earn something of God's love, that we need to work our way to get to him, that something of us needs to be good or acceptable enough to, uh, to get to him. And I really just sensed this morning um, that we need to lay that down, that God wants to come with a fresh, just uh, his presence and with a fresh understanding and a fresh receiving of his gracious gift to us in the gospel, that we lost it all, he did it all, we get it all. And I really feel like there's burdens that some of us have been carrying. Maybe it's of shame or guilt or feeling unworthy because we've bought into this lie that we need to earn something of God's love, something of His favor, something of His acceptance. And I really sense God wanting to release that burden this morning so we can just lay those things down at His feet and receive His gracious gifts again this morning. I also want to ask this morning, if you have not received this free gift of salvation, this free gift of God to be reconciled to Him, to be brought back to Him, there's an opportunity right now to receive that gift, as I did 14 years ago, just up the road, received this free gift of salvation and became a follower of Jesus. You can have that opportunity this morning. This can be a moment where you are reconciled, brought back to right relationship with God. And I want to give you an opportunity, if that is you this morning, to respond and to pray, uh, pray to declare with your mouth what God is already doing in your heart. So I want to ask if that is you, I'm going to give you an opportunity now to raise your hand. You can stay where you are. You just raise your hand and then I'm going to pray a prayer and you can follow after me in that prayer and then we'll talk some more about it afterwards. But is there anybody like that this morning? You want to come to God, become one of his followers and receive his free gift of salvation. Is there anybody here this morning who wants to receive that gift? Lord, we're so grateful for the free gift of salvation. This morning, we just thank you that you came in the flesh, you came, Jesus, down to earth, lived a perfect life, died for us. Your blood covering over a multitude of sins. And then you rose from the dead so that we can be brought back to God.
So grateful, God. So grateful this morning for that and all the implications that has for our lives as we start to get your gospel. Thank you, God. So I specifically want, as I said earlier, if you are feeling kind of that burden of trying to please God and earn His favor, I just want to create an opportunity for us to symbolically just lay that down this morning. So if that is you, would you just put your hands out and surrender just out in front of you like this? Um, and you can pray after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for your free gift of grace to me. Thank you for receiving me as I am. But loving me too much to leave me the way I am. Thank you that it is your work in me, God, that brings about any good fruit. Thank you that I don't have to earn your love. But you've given it to me freely. You are so kind and gracious, God. I just lay this burden of trying to please you, trying to earn your love and your favor down before you now, God. I can't carry it anymore, Lord. And Lord, I just take up your gracious gift, your free gift of your presence and your love and your power to me right now. Thank you that I'm clothed in your righteousness because of Jesus. That your love has been poured out into my heart because of the Holy Spirit. And that I'm empowered to follow you every day because of your Spirit with me. You're such a good God. And Lord, as we come to communion now, as we come to share in the bread and the juice, oh Lord, we are reminded of your gracious gift given to us in your life, death, and resurrection. Your body broken for us, your blood shed for us so that we can have life, that we can be brought back to God. Thank you, Jesus. This morning we repent where we have just become uh, kind of flippant or uh, entitled to your love and forgiveness. Lord, we thank you for your free gift of grace given to us in the gospel.